Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Brene Brown. Welcome to Finneytown Local School District's official podcast, the only place to listen to the in-depth stories from our students, staff, and community members. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode of the Finneytown Wildcats official podcast. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great. We've got our RP facilitator leaders here. That's right. (laughs) Restorative practices facilitators for the district. Tammy Dietz, how are you? I'm great. Glad to be here again. Welcome back. Tammy is our restorative practices facilitator at the secondary campus. And joining Tammy, Mike, and me is Lauren Henline. Lauren, how are you? Excellent. Thank you. And Lauren is the restorative practices facilitator at the brand new Finneytown Elementary Building. Mm-hmm. Lauren, first time on the show, right? Yeah, long-time listener, first-time participant. We love hearing that. We love hearing that. <laughs> All right, well, we start with rapid fire, and you know that, Dan, as a listener. So, Mike, yeah. here we go. Lauren, one of a million listeners. Just want you to know that. Yeah. Got millions and millions of listeners. I know. Right? I feel lucky to be here today. Thank you. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for rapid fire? I don't know, but I'm yeah. Never ready. Nobody's ever ready, but uh-huh. here we go. What fortune would you want to get from a fortune cookie? <laughs> That makes me think of our district leadership team, fortune cookies. Um, on earth, like, um, you will have health, wealth, and happiness the rest of your life. Oh, I like that. I, like <laughs> that. I mean, it doesn't make me feel true. so good now. Yeah. But that's no, good I like yours me. better. I like yours better. There are positives to both. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think mine would be time spent with people you love is never time wasted. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm not even going to say anything. She should have went first. I had no, time to think. That's I really good one. one of those Powerball yeah. numbers, though. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Here's the next one. What event in your life would make a good movie? I think that if there was a camera on some of my girls' trips, that would make a good movie. Oh, okay. I have a lot of different friend groups, and we like to travel and do fun things. And sometimes it's just common things like going canoeing. But when you're old... It it's, makes for good comedy. I uh, have some interesting daily life having a three-year-old, but I think the one event in my life is our wedding day. Um, of course, we had an outdoor wedding in May. There was no rain when we planned it for anything, <laughs> but literally everything that you would watch. Have you seen How I Met Your Mother? Yeah. Okay, so that episode with Lillian Marshall's wedding where like all the silly stuff happens, but everyone is very chill about it, that was basically our wedding day. Like, <laughs> things were late, it rained, we didn't have all the umbrellas Aww. on the tables. Uh-huh. I'd watch that, but, yeah, toddlers created a, and all the kids that were there had a dance floor party in the rain, and it was great. Nice. I loved it. Well, mine would be my kids going to bed at night. Mm. because all the comedy that ensues with putting your kids to bed, you're shaking your head right yeah, now. Yeah, oh, the things man. they say. All and the, the stuff they have to tuck in. Yeah. Shenanigans. Yeah. The shenanigans. It is shenanigans. It is. <laughs> the things they say to not night. have to go. I have. I didn't realize you could tuck in a remote control like you do a stuffed animal, but <laughs> my son taught me that you can do that. I got to tell you this. So the other night, Leandra goes, Dad, I'm scared from the other room. Her, her room's right down the hall. I said, okay, I'll, I'll come in for a second. So I go, I walk in, and I go, 
like, Angie, where are you? Like, I'm like looking around the room, looking at her bed. She's not in there. And I, she goes, Dad, under here. She's sleeping in her sleeping bag under the bed. Oh, my I'm goodness. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, Dad, I'm scared. I come back in. I go, Angie, where are you? She's in the closet. Oh, my Sleeping gosh. in this, like, storage bed, like, <laughs> tucked in there. I'm like, Leandra, you have to sleep in your bed. It's much more comfortable. Oh, my gosh. Shenanigans. Right. Man. Yeah, every night. Every, every night. night. Every night. In the closet, in the storage bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> yeah. I could see that actually being somewhat comfortable if you're young and that small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's tiny. Mm-hmm. Oh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking about my own kid sleeping in the storage. <laughs> and it took me there for a second. All right. Well, you survived rapid fire. Mm. Here we go. Restorative practices facilitators in the district. Big roles. And you guys are killing it. But, um, Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Tammy, we know that you uh, actually were in this position last year, first year for the position, and first year for you in the position at the secondary campus. We did not have a restorative practices facilitator at either Whitaker or Brent last year, but with the new building, we did create another facilitator position for restorative practices. And Lauren, this is your first year in that role. So a story began last year with you, Tammy, solo, but another one has started this year with the two of you. Um, tell us that story. It's been exciting for me, actually, because I felt like an island. Even though I had three other facilitators, their focus was different than mine last year. And this year, the four of us are kind of together. But to have one specifically to restorative practices has been great. And the past, well, did we start that in two weeks ago? We did, yeah. Um, we decided we wanted to shadow one another. Mm-hmm so that we can know what the other one's doing and work towards streamlining and doing some things the same, even though we know our clientele is different with our ages and everything. Mm -hmm. So last week she came, Lauren came and shadowed me for a day. And then then I followed Mm -hmm. and shadowed her last week as well. And that, I loved that. I didn't have that last year at all. So it's, it's been definitely a learning curve because we're both learning because we don't didn't know what we were supposed to be doing. And I mean, we have an idea. I don't mean we didn't know, but just to have someone else to collaborate with and think about and have those conversations about what your day looks like has been nice for me. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I don't think I ever realized all of the similarities between our secondary students and our elementary students until Tammy and I were able to shadow each other. But mm-hmm. regardless of what age group we're dealing with, it's still big emotions and changing bodies and still needs that need to be met. And they're looking for connection. And the way that I can see Tammy give that, and along with our other staff at secondary, and the way I see that at elementary, and having Tammy to bounce ideas off of or get perspective and create questions with and just connect to someone else and have that example for the students to connect to as well. And then from the elementary's perspective, it's nice to prep them. Like you have me here, and then when you go to secondary, here's who you'll see there. And they love being able to make those connections across the district. Very good point. I mean, it's just like a feeder system for athletics. It is. Right? We do it for academics. Hey, you've had 
math all the way through. And right. you're going to see that when you and mm-hmm. with band and with, you know, everything. And so now it's not just academics, it's social emotional and your behaviors that we talk about and move along. And we all have that same vocabulary that the kids know. And it's nice. It's different for sure. Yeah. You talk about the language, you know, the vocabulary mm-hmm. yes. and how key that is. And I do see that as an advantage um, now that we've moved from three buildings to two, although it's just moving one down one building, I do think it does create a great opportunity for us to align a lot of that um, language we use from one building to the next. So it's not so much three different um, sets of vocabulary and cultures, and, and we're becoming closer and closer to becoming one aligned culture district-wide, which is really nice, especially the proximity of the two buildings. I mean, we have many staff uh, who walk. It's a six-minute walk. Yeah. Yeah, we timed it. Six-minute walk. Six-minute walk with a good pace. Oh, with a good pace. (laughs) Slight sweat. Might be broken. Sometimes Um, faster than that light on Winton still, though. Oh, yes. (laughs) The the notorious light at Winton, Mm -hmm. which I do want to give a quick shout-out to our crossing guard who's um, a community member and, and works up there in the mornings and afternoons. She does a fantastic She's job wonderful. managing yeah. uh, yes. the traffic of our kids and keeping them safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty cool. Nice. So now we're going to shift this a little bit. What moment can you take us to this year that made you have doubt? I'll go first on this one, Tammy. I'll give you okay. some time to think. So the moment that made me pause this year and have some doubt... Um, was just my first week at the elementary. I came from teaching French at secondary for a long time and being excited about my classroom every day and my students and thinking of that as my space um, and and the relationships that I already had built in play and just growing them each year and coming into a new building and a new role and a completely different grade level than I've ever served before being K-6 instead of 712. It it was a lot of unknowns um, and a lot of unlearning and a lot of different things. And I just felt very insecure, even though I was excited. But that discomfort gave me doubt, but it also gave me a reason to grow. And I knew that I was in the space I needed to be in through conversations with Tammy that I had where I expressed things and through talking to staff members and making relationships with students. That first week was hard, though. It definitely gave me a lot of doubt, but a lot of reason to persist and continue. I like hearing that because, you know, I think the same thing Doubts and reservations with adults, I mean, students go through that too. And that's Mm -hmm. your guys' work. You constantly seem to be navigating through conversation with students about doubts, fears. So it's kind of nice to hear that as an adult, you had that at the beginning of the year. How have you worked through that over over the past, I guess we've been in school six, seven weeks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what would you say now after you've been in it for a minute? I think it's just knowing that, the fear and that insecurity or those doubts that you have um, just means that you are comfortable where you were. And so those insecurities, that fear, it comes from a place of of wanting to do your best and not knowing what that's going to look like. And that uncertainty for me, who likes to do things right and likes a plan and likes routine, was a challenge. But I think for me, it was a renewed commitment every day of I knew that I was having an impact, even if it was just one conversation with one kid. And so knowing that it took me time to build those relationships at secondary with my students, with my colleagues, with parents and adults at home, 
realizing that it's those same steps. And I was just in that moment instead of looking at the big picture. Dr. Dinan said something to me <clears throat> when I was in the role last year that Jane Kupke said to her. And it was that you now have to find what a productive day means to you mm-hmm. that's different from when you were a classroom teacher. As a classroom teacher, I knew what a successful day was or a productive day. I, I've done that for 16 years or yeah. 22 years or whatever. And then you're in a new role and you're like, I don't, I don't know. Was today a good day? And so I had the exact same and I still do. And so that was good advice. That was good to hear that you have to come up with your new, what's a good day look like? I love that advice. Because it was different. So Tammy, tell me about that. So you've had times where you show up, you're like, what am I doing? What? Like, yeah. Take us, tell some us day, more about Some that. days you feel like you're productive and you feel like you're making a difference in kids' lives in the conversations you have. And then there's other days where circle after circle that you're having, it doesn't feel good. And I don't think that it's... Um, it's not that the circle and the conversations are bad. They just may not go the way I think they're supposed to go. Because as a facilitator, we can't guide the way the conversation goes. We, we go in as a mediator of we're going to try to help solve this problem. We're going to try to have this conversation and see together how we solve it or move forward. And sometimes it doesn't move forward like I think it will. So then I feel like it's a failure, even though the conversation itself, there's never a failure because at least you had the conversation, Mm. which needs to be had. I like that. Going back to this question of where I had doubt, I had a student, we're trying this year um, something called the focus room and it's new this year. So we're piloting it and kids are assigned to the focus room if by an administrator for whatever, whatever reasons, but the admin assign them to the focus room. And the purpose of the focus room is that, to focus on the behavior that happened that got them sent there, assigned there, to try to give them support so that that behavior doesn't happen again, to focus on it and let them reflect on that. And that's hard mm-hmm. for adults, let alone kids, mm-hmm. to reflect on something they've done. And then in addition to that, we give them academic support. They get a um, service project, and it's usually around what behavior got them there. And they have to complete that before they're allowed to leave. So the first time we had a student in the focus room, it kind of freaked me out a little bit. To be honest, I was like, is this going to work? But we do an opening circle and we do a closing circle with those students, and it's so powerful. It's been so powerful but there's times where it doesn't feel as powerful as others, and so that doubt creeps in. But that, that was what came to mind when you first said that question. I was like, oh, the focus room. I appreciate you guys sharing that because I think, right, when I was an assistant principal, I would facilitate restorative conversations too, and it, it is. It's, it can feel like, man, I've had a... I've had six conversations today and, you know, but I, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it's not so, I guess what I'm, what I feel is important is it's not so much what the conversation does as the simple fact that we do it. It's more, because I mean, right, conflict is not something that can be eradicated. It can't, it's not mm-hmm. something that's going to go away. 
Um, so yeah, just the fact that we do it makes all the difference. Well, and I think to your point, before we learned about restorative practices or had them in place, I don't think the co- the conversations were there. Mm-mm. It was, oh, mm-hmm. you disrupted class, here's your detention. And, and there was no teaching of the behavior that we wanted to see around it. There might have been a conversation, you know, that wasn't right or, you know, that type of thing. But now we dig deeper and we're like, what happened? Do you, do you see what mm-hmm. happened? And how do you think that other person felt? And it takes longer, yes. That process takes way longer than just saying, here's your detention. But the kids are getting better and I'm getting better watching that. Like I feel like a better person yeah. trying to mm-hmm. help them. It is rewarding. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, in this role especially too, like the thing I've learned just in these six or seven weeks is that behavior is communication. Mm-hmm. So whatever that person is trying to communicate, that's what makes us go deeper. And then it helps them reflect and change. And that self-awareness piece takes time to be taught. But when it, when they get it, it's like in that classroom, that light bulb moment, you feel so proud and you reflect on yourself to get better about it too. And that's what I love. Like it's continuously learning for everyone involved. And so you work with the younger kids. I mean, I do. The Finneytown Elementary is K through six. Yes. So take us to a moment where you saw a conversation flip a student's perspective or dive into the learning. Because, you know, I think sometimes we think with young kids, we got to control them and we got to make sure they sit in the seat just like this and they got to walk down the hall just like this. But when have you had a conflict and when did you see their brain kind of click after a conversation or during the conversation? Take us to that moment. Um, wow, that's a great question. I think it would be easy for me to default to the older kids, but the one that was powerful that I'm thinking of was second graders. Um, and it, there was an incident during some of our unstructured time at recess, um, and three students had some struggles. And we didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's hard for the teacher to find out. It's hard for me to find out since I wasn't at recess for second grade. We did know it involved those double swings. Those are very popular <laughs> at recess, so you got to be careful about those. Um, so I just I asked the girls to have a conversation with me. Then we all sat in one of the small group rooms that we're lucky to have at the elementary. So it's, it's a small room. There's some flex seating in there. The door's shut, but you can still see everything. You can see in. Um, the girls sat in a circle with me, and we just talked. Just tell me what happened. And then all three girls shared different stories of their perspective of what happened, and they listened to each other. And I think the listening piece was the biggest part. They hadn't considered what other people were thinking or what other people felt when actions were happening. And, and I asked these girls, were you friends before recess? Yes. How do you feel now about your friendship? And that question, just what all the girls flipped then immediately. Well, I still want to be friends. And okay, well, what do you think we need to do to move forward after this incident? Because there are some hurt feelings that happened. And so they all wanted to hug. They all wanted to talk. Those girls walked back. So they came in crying before this happened. They walked back hand in hand, all three of those girls, back to their classroom. Like, couldn't have planned it, couldn't have watched it, couldn't have been prouder of those girls. But just the questions, the reflection, and watching them be happy to go back to class. And that's the other part. They went back to class. Mm -hmm. They weren't in a room. They weren't in a detention. They didn't lose their recess, their lunch, or anything. They talked it out. They went back. Class continued as normal. That's what I was going to say. Like when I was in elementary, believe it or not, you know, I got in trouble sometimes. <laughs> I know the audience members, hard to believe. 
But any time at recess, if we got in trouble, you, you were sent to the wall and you stood there. Oh, the wall. I remember yeah, the you're wall. Right. But, the wall but of then shame. When, but when le- re- recess was over, I was probably more upset that, at that person because I had to stand there. Mm-hmm. And we were not allowed to talk. Don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't don't communicate with them. Don't be around them. Mm-hmm. And But the problem never got resolved in my mind. So just hearing that story of them listening to each other, having that conversation, and then coming back together and going back to class, I mean, that is restorative practice, is listening to other people's stories and understanding where they're coming from and, and forgiveness and all those things. And that's something that you guys, you know, get the privilege of doing every day. And I know when you talked about the hard part of it, there also is that those stories, those moments. Tammy, take us to a moment this year that you've had so far that like kind of I did. I had, I had one. There were three students, and it came from uh, they were in class together, and two students kept bullying was the word they used, a third student. And so the third student um, came to me and was like, I don't know what to do. And I said, would you be willing to sit down with them? And I don't normally, I call that a power play when there's two against one. Mm -hmm. And I don't normally allow that. So I I went and talked to each one individually to get a feel for how I thought that would go. And I thought it'd be okay. And so I asked the student, is it okay if I have them two together with you and me? And they, they agreed. So we brought them all together and I go through my whole we're going to listen one at a time from each perspective. I'd like you to not interrupt. I know you're not going to agree with everything they say. That's why we're in conflict. But I'd like you just to hear their perspective and not interrupt. And then you're going to get an opportunity to say your side without them interrupting you. And we're gonna, then we'll move forward for where do we agree and disagree and we'll work it out. So he started with what was going on. And it was pretty personal to him and he almost teared up but he'd been, they'd been making fun of him. Mm. And he got to explain, you know, he couldn't afford a fancy cell phone and he couldn't afford clothes that they were making fun of and that type of thing. And I could see those, the two other students totally change in that moment. And I knew we were going to be okay because he got down to what his feelings were. And they can't argue with feelings. Mm-hmm. And like it was so touching and they both, like they didn't even want to tell their side after that. They both just said they were sorry and that they had no idea. They shouldn't have done that. And it, it was a very nice moment. And then I kept, tu- I kept touching base with the student week after week to make sure it had stopped and it, it stopped. So one of those success stories, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. It reminds me of that quote <clears throat> that I saw on a shirt recently. It was like, Every single human being is fighting a battle no one else knows anything about. And we Mm -hmm. just got to keep that in mind, you know, that we all have our own unique challenges that, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And I think we're building that. We're building that empathy with our kids Mm -hmm. Mm because that's a hard lesson for us as adults. And so for us to be starting to teach that to them, that helps for all all communication and all connections and all relationships. I appreciate that from both of you. Those are are great stories. And so I think to close this out, the last question I have for you is, what about your role within Finneytown School Community brings you hope? I have a lot. I think just having these roles, Lauren and I's role, gives me hope. 
just the fact that we're having tough conversations. And there are kids who don't want to have them. There most certainly are. But I always like to say, we're at Finneytown, and this is the way we do things. We address conflicts. We don't run from them. And they take to that. And they know, and I, you know, I call them out of class and they say, they see me and I'm like, nope, you're not in trouble. <laughs> okay, Miss Dietz. You know, they know mm-hmm. that we're just going to have a tough, possible tough conversation. And so teaching our students, our kids, even down to kindergarten, mm-hmm. these skills that I didn't really feel like I even knew is, a, it's just amazing to me. And it gives me huge amounts of hope for a better community here at Finneytown and all the people that they touch outside of our community, that's powerful for me. I appreciate that. How about you, Lauren? I love that, Tammy. Um, For me, it's watching the connections between our staff and our students, our students and each other, and just how they interact with anyone in their space now. I think in the last few years that we've done restorative practices and we've had this learning together as a district, you can really see just the powerful interaction, something as simple as each person is greeted by their name with a smile, but growing those relationships, having those connections, knowing that there's someone in school, no matter where they are, that's going to be able to check in with them to help them with a big problem that maybe feels like it's insurmountable to them, Mm. having those steps that they can take and teaching them those behaviors. Those are things that our kids are going to be leaps and bounds ahead of their peers by knowing those things by the time that they get to college or the workforce. So I appreciate you guys coming, and and truly we are lucky to have two people with the gifts that you guys have to give to our kids. And I'm just excited to get back with you again, check in with you again. I know you've got the RPM retreat coming up, right, on November 11th. November 11th. So there'll be some training going on there, and I know there's a lot of things at elementary that are cooking, so we'll have to have you guys back on. Great. We can't wait. Yes, thank you for joining us. And, you know, I think long term, just you talk about kids who are in second grade learning how to have a difficult conversation to address a conflict. If we do that over and over and over and over again, I mean, that's what, eight, nine, ten? My math's not great, but that's a lot of years of doing that before you hit the adult world, and I can only think that it'll pay dividends in the long run if we stick with it and keep getting better and better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Lauren Henline, thanks for joining us. Tammy Dietz, always a pleasure. And to our listeners, you can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. If you have a story you'd like to share on the podcast, reach out to Mike Kennedy or me, Eric Muchmore, through email or phone, and we'll be sure to get you on, and uh, we'll hear your story because there are plenty of, sto- plenty of stories here in Finneytown. And um, we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Mm-hmm.